Wretched Radio begins in three, two, one. Religion would not even be an issue except for the Bible. Before we get carried away, let's read our Bibles now. I can assure you there are millions of Christians who did not take parts of the Bible literally. Forfeit all claims to your own authority. Stand without apology on the only authority that matters, which is the authority of God himself entrusted to us in his word. It's time for Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. And we're off. It's the Wretched Radio mail call delivery bag Q&A infotainment nationwide extravaganza featuring your voicemails, correspondences, communiques, dispatches, memorandums, and missives. Any special message for all the kids watching at home? What we need right now is a clear message to the people of this country. You have 1,200 messages. That is a bit above average. Now here's your host, Todd Freakishly Tall Friel. The mail is here! <laughs> Man! We sure are self-absorbed, aren't we? Friel, speak for yourself. This is Wretched Radio. During that whoa, long introduction, I had a cough drop in my mouth and I chewed it. And you say, what's the big whoop? It wasn't a big whoop. That's my point. I didn't bother me a bit when I chewed a crunchy substance. But if I'm sitting next to you and you take a cup of ice and you start chomping on it. You don't like that? It's called misophonia, where certain sounds just agitate you. Uh. But they don't agitate me when it's me. (laughs) Isn't that seriously? Isn't that the truth? That, that, especially if you're married and you've got kids, you live with these people and they do stuff that kind of gets up your nose. And then you take a moment to be just a little bit introspective and ask, do I ever do that? And the answer probably is, yeah. But we have a tendency to offer ourselves so much grace, don't we? Would you please send questions, comments, conundrums, snarks to idea at wretched.org? And if you're wondering, what exactly might a comment look like? Jimmy, I just got a text from a buddy, Josh Williamson, in Cornwall, England. Oh. You talk about a lovely place on the globe. It's that little finger way in the south, right on the ocean, all those port towns. He's moving to Arkansas. That's going to be a little bit of a cultural adjustment. He's going to be pastoring a church there. And he just sent me a text with what I thought was a good demonstration of a comment, which will also encourage you. And we should be encouraged. We shouldn't always be on the hunt for the bad stuff that is happening. We should be looking for the good stuff, too. And this is an example of a comment that you could send, for instance, to ideatwretched.org. Good day, Todd. You say, that doesn't sound British. It's because Josh is Australian. And right now, I'm geographically confused. I heard you mention Bart Barber. He's the new president of the SBC who has turned out to be a bit of a conservative dark horse. When the when the votes were going down at the SBC for president, was that last year? No, was it earlier this year, I think? Yeah, in June. Yeah. Yeah, Tom Askell and everybody went, well, he's the conservative guy. And the assumption was Bart Barber is kind of the moderate sort of fellow. That's not the way it's turned out. He's shown himself to be quite conservative and pretty stellar. I haven't seen anything from him that you would go, eh. From my buddy Josh, good day, Todd. I heard you mention Bart Barber on the show a couple of days ago. I have to say I've been greatly impressed by the man. About two to three weeks ago, I contacted the SBC about one of their pastors in Texas openly supporting LGBT issues. Bart personally contacted me because the matter is being taken seriously. That's outstanding to hear, isn't it? 
And you know what? And overall, the SBC has shown up when it comes to the LGBT issues. Now, I wish they'd show up on the ordination of women and pastors who are just plain bonkers. I'd like them to show up there, too. But this is still some good news. Bart personally contacted me as the matter is being taken seriously. He also connected me with the SBC Credentials Committee so that they can investigate further. (laughs) He seems like a solid brother. That is the type of comment you could send to idea at wretched.org. All right, we start with Daniel, who says, Hello, Mr. Friel. Recently, I've gotten myself into some pretty big debt. I had a plan to get myself out of it, but a couple of days ago, I used some of the money that I received from my grandmother's inheritance to pay off a chunk of the debt. Since I've been feeling horrible, because I don't think my grandma wanted me to use the money for that. Did I feel bad about using her money to pay my debt? Maybe, maybe not. It depends on if she had any sort of directions as to how she wished for you to use that money. If she didn't, then while I think you're at liberty to spend it any way that you want, I would suggest to you to take debt very seriously because there are certain types of debt that are okay. There are other types of debt that are not. Furthermore, perhaps, and I'm speculating here simply to make a point, you had to use grandmother's gift because you aren't managing your own debt. That's a bad thing. And that is why I would encourage you to sit down with a wise, older, godly gentleman who understands numbers, loans, financial issues, and actually charts a course for you because the debt issue, it, it can be so complex. For instance, you've got secured and unsecured loans. Secured. You've got a house, so it's backed. So if things go haywire for you, you can sell the house, pay off your loan, and you're good to go. I don't think that's sinful at all. Watch out for depreciable asset loans. But even then, if you've got a chart and it's a part of your budget, that's the way the economy works with how expensive automobiles are. I I think you can be okay. However, there are other types of debt. No, you you don't have anything secured there, and you've got to get out of it. Because God doesn't want you in it. And you can't even be giving to your local church till you get out of it, which should be an incentive for you to sit down with an older, godly, savvy, financially gentleman to say, help me get out of this. I want to get out of this as fast as I can. And through it, he will help you chart a course because the issue can get so complex so fast, which is why on this subject, we've got to be pastoral more than we are just... <laughs> No, Dad, get out of it, and you're sinning till you do. I don't think that's biblical or wise. For instance, you've got yourself student loan debt. There might be somebody who's managing their student loan debt. It's not a secured loan, but the the lambskin paid off. Sheepskin, lambskin, what do they call diplomas? Uh, Uh Uh-huh, exactly. (laughs) Which clearly demonstrates neither of us deserve one. You got a diploma, and you are using the skills that got you into debt (laughs) to make money and you've got it pretty much managed and you're paying it off and it's just a part of your monthly budget. Most likely I would say that's fine. You don't need to get rid of the student loan debt. On the other hand, if you have a student loan debt, you frittered away the money, you spent it more on frat parties, you didn't even get the diploma or you're not even potentially in that field and you're not making ends meet very well, um, oh, you got to come up with a plan to get out of that quickly. 
because it's prohibiting your ability to give to the local church, which is a joy for us to do, which is why we should get out of debt. It is not secured and other considerations. Lickety split. Please send whatever to idea at wretched.org. All right. This one comes from Michelle, who is wondering, Todd, what are your thoughts on Christian comedy? And who's your favorite besides Jimmy? your favorite Christian comedian. It, what's your, what do you think about Christian movies, Jimmy? Uh, well, you know. What do you think about Christian books, Jimmy? I like them. Really? Depends. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's, that's the same thing is true with comedy. It depends. It's, it, it's always, it, this is a fascinating consistency among many Christians. When we think about arts and entertainment, we have a tendency to go, wait a second, should a Christian even be engaged in that realm? Well, I would then ask, should a Christian be engaged in the car-making realm? That's a secular endeavor, and you wouldn't even bat an eye at that. We do have a tendency to go, whoa, 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 when it comes to entertainment. And I understand that, and there's a reason for it, because we don't want to be digesting poison. We don't want to be consuming toxic air by participating in the entertainment that is churned out by a wicked Hollywood enterprise. But that doesn't mean that making music has to be sinful. Can you be a Christian musician? Well, be a musician who's a Christian. Now, you can do worship music. You can do contemporary Christian if you must. And you can do secular music that isn't sinful. And you can do stand-up comedy and you can listen to stand-up comedy. And enjoy. There's a few comedians, man. They're funny Christian comedians. They are like gut-busting funny. And they're clean. They know where the line is and they don't cross it. I say we enjoy those people. If it's dirty and smutty and terrible, no. So the answer to the question, what do you think about Christian comedy? It depends on what the Christian comedy is. Idea at wretched.org. All right. And this is from Jason. Todd, what translation of the MacArthur Study Bible do you recommend? Two preferences. There's a lot of good translations. I'm just a fan of the NASB. I've just consumed most of that, so it's so familiar for me. ESV is also a very popular, increasingly popular translation that is more of a formal equivalent as opposed to a functional equivalent. So any of those, and as long as you brought up the MacArthur Study Bible, let me challenge you. Get one, read the entire New Testament, one book at a time, in any order, at your own pace, but read every single footnote as you go. And you will grow so much. And if you'd like to grow some other Christians and bless them like a nobody's business, Jimmy, did you set me up for this? <laughs> Visit wretched.org slash Bible. We're partnering with TMAI to send MacArthur Study Bibles to our brothers and sisters in the Philippines. This is a church strengthener. This is a family building sort of endeavor. Together, let's send a bunch of MacArthur Study Bibles, preferably NASB or ESV to as many brothers and sisters as we can in the Philippines. You can join us in that partnership at wretched.org slash Bible. And we'll keep opening up the mailbag next on Wretched Radio. Hmm, something is happening in the Philippines. Wait, I know what it is. Jesus is building his church. Please meet Pastor Kitu Espiritu from the Master's Academy International in the Philippines. Your support allows us to fill pulpits and transform lives. Pastors are being equipped to rightly divide the truth. People in the Philippines are hearing the truth rightly preached and coming to know the saving grace 
of Jesus Christ. Jesus is on the march in the Philippines. Souls are being saved, churches are being built, and yet there are too many empty pulpits. And that is where you come in. Would you please consider filling an empty pulpit in the Philippines so that people can hear the word rightly divided? The Masters Academy International training pastors to do just that in the Philippines and 17 other nations. To learn more, please visit wretched.org slash pastor, wretched.org slash pastor. Hey, thanks for listening to Wretched Radio today. When was the last time you visited wretched.org, where you spend time perusing all that's available there? Like the full 60-minute Wretched Radio episodes or the full 30-minute Wretched TV episodes. You can also see Todd's speaking schedule, sign up for the Wretched newsletter, and find out just how you could become a Wretched Gospel Partner. Everything we do here at Wretched is only possible because of the efforts of our Gospel Partners. If you're not presently a Gospel Partner, would you prayerfully consider becoming one? Right now through the end of the year is literally the best time for you to do that through the efforts of some very generous gospel partners every single dollar you donate now for years and will be matched so i want to encourage you to pray about becoming a wretched gospel partner you can get answers to any questions that you could possibly have at wretched.org slash donate that's wretched.org slash donate wretched amazing grace amazing gospel well here's something you'll almost never hear a talk radio show host say Don't be like me. That's right. A talk show host saying, don't be like me. Why? Because we dilly-dallied regarding MediShare. We learned about affordable biblical health sharing, an alternative to traditional health insurance, which saves on average $500 per month per family. And we thought, well... And the next thing you know, over 24 months went by before we got serious about investigating MediShare. We did. It passed the Friel family sniff test, and we are very happy that we are members and only lament that we hadn't done it sooner. So please, don't be like me. Check out MediShare for you and your family. 1-844-34-BIBLE. Call now. 1-844-34-BIBLE. Important dates in Christian history. 1559. John Knox returns to Scotland to lead Reformation there after a period of exile in Calvin's Geneva. Knox founded the Presbyterian Church, which became a driving force in English politics and the American Revolution. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. And speaking of reading your Bible... This is a Wretched Radio. No kidding. Challenge you. Get a MacArthur Study Bible. Read every single book in the New Testament in any order at your own pace. But read every single footnote as you go. When you're done, you're going to know more than most pastors. And I'm not joking. It is that powerful. And it might just light your Bible reading fire. Let's be honest. Sometimes we struggle to read our Bibles as much as we should. I understand that challenge. There are some things that you can do to engage yourself. Incidentally, just as a promotional aside, we're preparing a video on how you might implement some tactics and tools to help you read your Bible consistently and more every single day. And one of those ways is the MacArthur Study Bible. 
and reading the footnotes because then you don't get stymied. You don't read something and go, what? Women are saved in childbearing. What is that? You read the, oh, I just learned something. Paul isn't talking about salvation by giving birth. And you understand it. And then you carry on and it'll help you read your Bible more. And if you're looking for stuff to read, that's another video that we're preparing. Some books that you'll actually read and enjoy. Did we launch that video already? At any rate, one of the book recommendations might come as a surprise because of this. I just dropped the book on my desk, and this is just one of the volumes. This is Q through Z, volume four of the International Standard Bible Encyclopedia. If you're wondering, what should I have in my library to be better at understanding the culture and the context of a Bible verse? Get yourself ISBE, the International Standard Bible Encyclopedia, because then you can go, you're reading about a particular subject, and you go, hmm. What Capernaum? I wonder what Capernaum was like. And you open up your ISBE and it's like, oh, look at that. And they've got pictures to boot. And you understand the commerce and you understand the war, how they built, how they lived. And it's like, okay, it kind of colors your understanding. You would really enjoy getting ISBE. All right. Whoa. All right. Let me open it up to something else. Wow. This print is small. How I forgot. There's suffering. Okay. The Talmud. You, you've heard the term the Talmud, right? Well, there are, whoa, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, like nine pages on the Talmud. It's the International Standard Bible Encyclopedia to help you read your Bible better. Please send questions, comments, <coughs> comments. <coughs> Is there something about registers, Jimmy? You know, when you, you, you're, you're talking voice, right? And then like versus your singing voice maybe goes to, and then you can't get back down to your regular voice. Uh, I think I'm experiencing that right now. Please send questions, <laughs> comments, conundrum snarks to idea at wretched.org. All right. This is from Catherine. Todd, do you have any input on the biblical way to approach union strikes? Do I have a biblical way uh-huh. of approaching union strikes? <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't participate. Sorry. I just think that we are to be the best workers. When you signed up, you committed. I'm going to help this organization. Now, if the pay structure isn't what you want it to be, you can certainly petition. You can even plead with your boss. Hey, I think I'm worthy of my hire. You can even say, boss. Well, I'd love to stay here, but if I don't make more money, I'm going to have to go find something that I maybe don't even love as much because I've got to provide for my family. You can do that, but making a sign, standing outside of the building, shutting it down, hurting the business, I I, I just don't think that we Christians should be participating in that. I get that from Colossians 3. Paul talks about being a good servant, being a good slave, and that applies to us in our employment that we work even when the guy is bad because there's more at stake. I think you would be hard-pressed to find an example of almost anything that you do on this globe that doesn't have an implication for evangelism. I, here's, here's, an, here's something that you can do. You want to want to come up with like, okay, I need a way to read the Bible where I can like be excited about this. All right, go look for this. 
Go look, go read through every New Testament epistle and look for all of the times. Okay, maybe not first and second Corinthians so much, but maybe no, it actually is in there too. That you will see that we're encouraged to live a certain way so that people can get saved. Consider Titus 3. Obey the government. And then it goes on to say, do, do, do what you're told. Honor the king. Why? Well, you were once foolish and disobedient, but now you've been saved. In other words, we act toward our government in a certain respectful way because evangelism is on the line. We want people to get saved. Always be ready to give a reason for the hope that lies within you. Read through the epistles and you will see that repeatedly. What we do matters because the world is watching. And when we go on strike, I think we're doing something that is unbiblical. It is harming people, even if they haven't been a great boss, because you and I are to be the best workers. Idea at wretched.org. All right. And this one is from Mary, kind of in that same regard. Did you forget you were on the radio? What's that? <laughs> Did you forget you were on the radio? Well, I don't get it. Am I bothering you? Uh, no, you're not bothering me. You're oh, probably... yes, I am. No. Oh, I can see that eyebrow twitch, <laughs> but it doesn't bother me. It, yeah. <laughs> I can make noise when I chew, <laughs> but when you do it, oh, to the mattresses. Idea at wretched.org. All right. Mary is wondering what your thoughts are on stay-at-home dads. Mm. You know, that's what I used to want to be when I grew up. Once again, Pastor, it was <laughs> you always wanted to be a radio guy. No, uh, I wanted to be a stay-at-home dad or retired. <laughs> well, you got to work for some decades before you I'm, can do that. Stay-at-home dads. I think, once again, the word pastoral jumps to the forefront of my mind. I, okay, consider the forsaking of the saints. Could there ever be a time when you do that? Where you forsake the assembling of the saints. Yeah, I can think of a lot of times. You get snowed in, you can't get out, you don't go to church. You are delivering a baby. Nobody would go, uh, excuse me, you're forsaking the assembling of the saints. Get yourself to church and out of the maternity ward. You'd say, that's ridiculous. There can be some times when we don't assemble because of circumstances, but they should be short-lived. They, they shouldn't be going on forever. They, they shouldn't be the pattern of your life. So you need to get that in order without feeling guilty that you're sinning because there can be some exceptions. Now, onto the, the Jimmy question, which was what, Jimmy? What are your thoughts on stay-at-home dad? <laughs> Let's be pastoral. Can a dad ever spend a season at home taking care of the kids? I think we could all write a bunch of scenarios, couldn't we? We could write the scenario that, well, there, there's a job transfer. He was, you know, he's finished this job and he's got three weeks off, so he's going to stay with the kids while the mom goes. Sure, there can be that. But I think the biblical pattern that we see established in the garden is that we do have roles. Furthermore, when we read the epistles and the addresses to women, raising kids is most certainly put underneath their job description as the man goes out to sweat and toil and to labor to provide and protect for his family. I think that's the norm. That is the pattern. Could there be some exceptions? Yes. Should that be an ongoing arrangement? I don't think so. Now you've got something to snark about. Send it to idea at wretched.org. All right. This is from Jesse. Todd, do you see anything wrong with using a megaphone speaker when open air street preaching? It depends. 
I think it depends on the volume, it depends on the location, and it depends on the quality. Using a bullhorn like you're like barking out cheers at a football game, just kind of grating. <laughs> you're not there to annoy people. Furthermore, if you set up a sound system and it's near a group of people that are trying to eat dinner, I just think that's bad form. But if you use some form of amplification so that more people can hear, I've seen these guys. They've got a, they've, they'll have a headset with a wire run into a pack that actually has a speaker coming out of it. It just makes their voice louder. There is a benefit to using amplification wisely. You don't have to yell. You know, when, when you're doing open air, it's, it's really hard to sound loving when you're going, God loves you! Instead, if you've got amplification, you can actually just say it. So I think there's a time. I think there's a place. I think that it can be done poorly. I think it can be done wisely. It just depends. But as long as the subject of open air preaching has come up, let's not disdain it. I know it seems rather out of step with the times, but I don't know that open air preaching was ever in step with the times. I would say even if you lived in the first, you didn't have amplification, which, by the way, Jesus understood that he would position himself on a mountain or on the shore so that his voice could be heard. Open air preaching, I don't think, though, has ever been like, oh, that's normal. You've got Jeremiah. You've got John the Baptist. That's kind of that's kind of like a show for some people. It's not what people normally do, but they did it. And we should, too. Go to the highways and the byways. And you might not be the one who's equipped to do so, but let's not be the people who discourage people who'd like to do some open-air preaching. This is Wretched Radio. This is Wretched Radio, and I'm Jimmy Hicks. Well, the popular doll brand American Girl, which was founded in 1986, is currently being slammed for a new book that declares how prepubescent girls can change their gender. It's a 96-page book titled A Smart Girl's Guide, Body Image, How to Love Yourself, Live Life to the Fullest, and Celebrate All Kinds of Bodies. One of the book's quotes is, part of your body... One of the book's quotes is, parts of your body may make you feel uncomfortable and you may want to change the way you look. That's totally okay. If you haven't gone through puberty yet, a doctor might offer medicine to delay your body's changes, giving you more time to think about your gender identity. I don't think there's anything to think about. Duke University is coming under fire, and rightfully so, because they have refused a life-saving kidney transplant for a dying 14-year-old girl because she has not had the COVID vaccine. Duke's Catherine Thomas told the mother of the 14-year-old rescued orphan, quote, We can't require you to do anything, but we can deny you because you're not following our recommendations. Number one, this is one of the most evil things that I've heard about. But number two, I do not think this woman understands the meaning of the word recommendation. A recommendation is a suggestion. It's not an order or a mandate. So because you don't follow advice or a recommendation, they can just decide to kill you? Because essentially, that's what this decision is likely going to do. A judge has ordered Southwest Airlines to reinstate a flight attendant who was fired because she's pro-life. Charlene Carter, age 56, worked for Southwest for nearly 21 years and she was fired 
in 2017 because she shared her pro-life beliefs on Facebook. And in July, a federal district judge in Dallas awarded her $5.1 million, but that wasn't enough. She pressed on with her legal fight because of the love of her job. Carter was determined to get her job back. And on Tuesday of this week, she got her wish as a federal judge ruled in her favor on returning to work, but also reduced the amount of her damages from $5.1 million to $810,000, which includes $300,000 in back pay. More Wretched Radio is straight ahead. I'm Jimmy Hicks. Hermeneutics. Hermeneutics is the art and science of interpreting scripture. One key principle of hermeneutics is the analogy of scripture. If God is consistent and the Bible is God's word, then the Bible is consistent. We can then use scripture to interpret scripture, understanding less clear verses in light of clear verses. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Call me. Do anything. Just call me. And I'll stop singing. Is that what that was? Hey. This is Wretched Radio. If you have something on your mind, would be mega grateful if you articulate it with your vocal cords. one 282 beep Don't forget, Beep Talk is free, making it a good deal, therefore a necessity for every evangelical to call. one 282 is beating a sin. That guy wins the Pithy Award right there. That was just right to the point. Is speeding a sin? Methinks we might have a difference of opinion on this subject. Jimmy, do you think that speeding is always, in all circumstances, every single time, a sin? Yeah. That's pretty clear. All right. Have you ever driven in Atlanta? (laughs) Yeah. Have you ever been on, say, Highway 85, where the longstanding joke is you got to do 85 on 85? Mm-hmm. Have you ever done 85 on 85? Yes. Okay. Were you sinning? Yes. Okay. Do you think possibly, maybe, and, I, and, and, and this is good, this is going to maybe sound squishy because, well, frankly, it might be, <laughs> or it could be that I've got a really dulled conscience on the driving issue, but when you're on 85, if you aren't doing, if, if, if you go 70, you better stay in the far right lane. And yeah. even then people come creening into your bumper. Come on, let's go. And so it seems that societally we've accepted, and I don't see many tickets being given on 85, that it's kind of more of the spirit of the law on some highways than it is the letter of the law. And therefore, you're, in fact, the police, they actually do give a little bit of fudge room, don't they? If, I, I, is it still the 10 mile rule? If you do more than 10 miles, well, then you definitely get a ticket. But underneath, it's like, oh, they get it. You weren't quite paying attention. We understand that. So do you think, Jimmy, there might possibly be sometimes a spirit of the law versus the letter of the law? Uh, I, 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 Let me ask you another question, uh, Mr. Hicks, if that's your real name. <laughs> do you ever come to a full and complete stop? Uh, do I ever? Yes. Do you ever not come to a full and complete stop? <laughs> yes. No. <laughs> so how often does this not coming to full and complete stop happen? I don't know. Mr. Hicks. <laughs> Maybe daily. 
So you're living in willful, unrepentant uh, sin. Apparently. Mm-hmm. I think I need to call your pastor. All right. I, I, I could have this, this wrong, and Jimmy could be yeah, yeah. Jimmy could be right that we obey it to the letter. But my sense of it is, and this, this, this is probably no better than a spidey sense, is that as a society, we basically agree, look, you, you don't have to come to a full and complete stop. You, you want to do a safe stop, but you, do, you can get down to like one mile an hour, two miles an hour. You've checked everything and away you go. Now, the police have every right to give you a ticket if you've broken that law. But it seems that as a society, we've kind of said, yeah, it's these, these definitely there are hard laws. There's definitely letters of the law. But in some circumstances, it feels to me, and I know how certain feelings are, that there can be spirit of the law times. Jimmy, did I persuade you? No. All righty then. one 282 And John 10, uh, around verses 33 through 35, Jesus is talking to some of the religious leaders, and they're going to stone him. And he says that he called them God to whom the word of God came. Now, we are quick to get on the word of faith people a lot because <laughs> yes. of the little God's doctrine. So what does Jesus mean when he says he called them God to whom the word of God came? Well, thank you, sir, for this opportunity to once again encourage you to get a John MacArthur Study Bible, read the entire New Testament one book at a time, any order, at your own pace, but read every single footnote as you go. This will teach you more than you can imagine because you'll come across verses just like John 10. It is a tricky little verse. Jesus is being very clever in his response to the accusations of the Jews who are accusing him of calling himself God. And he uses an Old Testament psalm to respond to them and say, the word God, small g, has been applied historically in the past by God himself. He called the judges small g gods. Why? Because they were standing in his stead to make righteous judgments. In other words, they were acting like small g God. Furthermore, if you go back even further, consider the book of Exodus, you've got yourself Moses and Aaron. And Moses, who struggled to be articulate, was told by God, look, you're carping about not wanting to speak, but you will act as small g God to Aaron. In other words, Moses, I'm going to tell you what to say. I'm going to tell you what my intentions and desires are. You tell Aaron and you'll be acting like small g God to Aaron because you're, in a sense, acting as God, small g sort of sense. So Jesus is referring back to that to say, look, God called humans small g gods. Why do you have a problem with me calling me myself the son of capital G God? Now, let's just see if MacArthur agrees. And let's just see if this is an example of having a MacArthur study Bible so that you can look down and go, oh, okay, that's what they're talking about. All right, so here's what we got. Mm, John chapter 10, the Jews answered him saying, For a good work we do not stone you, but for blasphemy, and because you being a man, make yourself God. In other words, the Jewish people who were hearers of Jesus' words, they understood that he was making claims of divinity. So don't let an atheist tell you, well, Jesus never said he was God. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he did in far more profound ways. And this is just one of them. Jesus answered them, verse 34, is it not written in your law? I said, God said, 
you are small g, gods. If God called them gods, to whom the word of God came and the scripture cannot be broken, do you say of him whom the Father sanctified and sent into the world, Jesus, you're blaspheming because I said I am the Son of God. What was he doing? He was explaining there are times when God endorses calling somebody a small g God. That's not little God's doctrine, by the way. So why do you have a problem with me making claims of divinity because I am God? That's what he was saying. Now, let's see if MacArthur gets this right. Verses 34 to 36, perhaps a demonstration that this is the beauty of having a MacArthur study Bible. Quoted from Psalm 82.6, where God calls some unjust judges small g gods and pronounces calamity against them. Jesus' argument is that the psalm proves that the word God can be legitimately used to refer to others than God himself. His reasoning is that if these are, if there are others whom God can address as small g God or sons of the Most High, why then should the Jews object to Jesus' statement that he is the Son of God? Boom! Question answered. Get yourself a MacArthur Study Bible. You will be blessed because of it. And if you'd like to bless some others, please check out wretched.org slash Bible. We're partnering with TMAI, the Master's Academy International. They are growing in the Philippines like a nobody's business, planting more and more churches and pastors from churches are coming to TMAI, many seminaries in the Philippines. They're getting trained and then they're going out and leading their people, expositing the word. It's a beautiful movement, strengthening the local church. And we'd like to send Bibles to the people who are in those churches because they can't afford one, let alone a MacArthur study Bible. So if you've been blessed by yours, would you please consider blessing others with a MacArthur study Bible, wretched.org slash Bible. My whole thought, do Christians have the nativity set? Because some Christians say that a figure or image of Jesus is blasphemy. That's right. That is a long-standing debate. It's iconoclasm. Do we make paintings of Jesus? Do we make statues or put up nativity scenes? So you should probably resolve that for yourself. It is my opinion that it is not necessarily idolatry to make an image of a manger scene. And here's why. I think the thrust behind the commandment is that we don't worship these objects. Or even if we try to make an object of God and we worship that object instead of the one that it even represents, well, then you're blaspheming. Then, then you are an idolater. But if you make an image or a representation of God, I don't think that that's the violation of the commandment to not make any graven images. It's connected usually to paganism. Or when you find yourself really giving your worship to a carved thing as opposed to the one who actually made that thing. So for me, I don't happen to have a problem with it. Now, I do have to confess, I'm not a fan of some of those scenes where everybody has a plate behind their head. Jesus isn't crying. Okay, it's inaccurate that the Magi were there because they probably weren't there for a bit after his birth. That's not all that big of a deal. But when we make Humans like Mary and Joseph look like saints, and baby Jesus looked like no crying he made. Well, he did, because he was a baby, and baby crying isn't sinful crying. So anything that misrepresents that might cause confusion, not a fan of that, but I don't think you're sinning personally. If you put yourself out a major scene, 
actually, I have to confess, when I drive by your house and I see it on the front walk, I dig that a lot. This is Wretched Radio. Clearly, I am not the sharpest bulb in the drawer. Nevertheless, I can figure this out. In order for a woman who is experiencing a crisis pregnancy to see an ultrasound, who 80% of the time chooses life, you've got to have an ultrasound machine. Perhaps you have the means to provide an entire ultrasound machine for a pre-born center. If you do, please know the people who use these machines every day, they know their power and they are so grateful. This is our sonogram room, but we call it the miracle room. But for many years, we didn't have much support for this miracle room. Thank you for the new machine that is on its way. Thank you indeed. And if you could provide an ultrasound machine or an ultrasound for just $28, please consider doing so. Preborn.org slash wretched. Every day that passes, we are closer and closer to the end of 2022, which honestly has been the biggest year ever here at Wretched. We've seen season one of Transformed released, produced 10 episodes of Breaking Bread, released season three of Road Trip to Truth, plus we have shipped and given away to you to distribute one million copies of Solving the God Puzzle. 2022 has definitely been a record year, and we have no plans of reining it in in 2023. Your generosity has helped us spread the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ in spaces we could have never imagined possible. So as the year comes to a close, would you consider becoming a Wretched Gospel Partner if you're not already? It's actually an amazing time for you to become a Gospel Partner. Thanks to the generosity of some other Gospel Partners, you can double the impact of your gift because every single dollar donated till year's end will be matched. Get all of the details right now at Wretched.org donate. That's Wretched.org slash donate. 200. That's right. 200 Tomorrow Clubs are now up and running again in Ukraine. That means kids are hearing the gospel. They're getting saved. Their parents are getting saved. The church is getting strengthened. Not only are the Tomorrow Clubs busy preaching the gospel, they're also very busy helping people. This is our buddy Max in Ukraine. We have created the Ukraine Support Fund. Thanks to our partners, Tomorrow Clubs began immediate assistance to the network of the local churches that became a safe place for thousands of refugees fleeing their devastated homes. Providing food, providing clothing, potable water, a safe place, communication. Would you please consider becoming a ministry partner of the amazing ministry called Tomorrow Clubs? You can learn how you could participate in the spreading of the gospel in Eastern Europe at tomorrowclubs.org slash wretched. Attributes of God God is just. Since He is the standard of right and wrong, every judgment He makes is right and just. He rewards good and punishes evil. The good news for sinners is that the just God offers to justify you through the atoning work of Christ so that your sins are punished on the cross and Jesus' righteous deeds are accounted to you. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. This is your sinful host along with the perfect Jimmy Hicks. Making sense. <laughs> <laughs> you know you love, you love our signs. You know you love us. 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 You know you love
know you love Straight it. from the big guy. We know just what he'd say. Like, oh, maybe come down there. So then we put it on the freeway. Yep. This is Wretched Radio 187. You're just chomping at the bit, aren't you? Uh, you know, I, I could have said a lot more than I did. Go ahead. But I did. Seriously, I think this is, I think this is, let's do a couple of things. First of all, let's flesh out a subject that really applies to all of us if you have a set of car keys and a driver's license. Okay. And Jimmy, I will state this. When I first got saved, uh, going over the speed limit for any reason at any time passing, it was like, ah. Oh, I'm breaking the law, and I felt like I was sinning. And and I will admit to you, this can, this can be tricky. And I have seen this abused. For instance, blasphemy, or dirty movies. I've heard some Christians say, "Well, I've just matured, and I can handle it." And I don't want to be guilty of that. But I'm wondering if just by thinking it through a little bit more that I definitely want to strive to obey the laws, but there are some of the laws that we as a society have agreed, you know, there's a, there's a little fudge room there uh, I don't know. and it doesn't bother me as much now. And that could be wrong. So make your case. Well, I mean, I guess the first question I have is, is, is who sets traffic laws? The government, the one in authority. Okay. Titus three, Romans 13, right. first Peter two. I'm with you. So if we, just because we don't get caught, or, or um, there is a police officer there, and he doesn't hold us accountable. For right? It. Does that does it make it any less of a violation? Uh, what what I'm suggesting is that we understand this particular activity. That there, we put a stop sign because to just blast through, or to come to like a 15 second slow your roll just a bit and then go through, it's it's just not safe. But I have noticed that. Virtually nobody comes to a full and complete stop, including police officers, because it almost seems like a social compact to a degree where we all recognize, okay, yes. And if they're school children, hey, stop. You're in a hospital. Stop. You're in a parking lot. Be smart about these things. But you're in the middle of Timbuktu. There's a four-way stop sign. You haven't seen a car in days. I, I don't, I think we all kind of have agreed. Yeah, there's that. Now, Make your case because I could be totally wrong. Well, I mean, I guess the way I see that answer is, uh, you, you mean, society, just because society's accepted it doesn't mean that we should participate in it. I mean, they well, I, you know what? I get the power of that art argument. I really do. Because if I took what I'm saying about driving, could you apply that to other realms of morality, other what, laws? Yeah. So, okay. So there could be some times when it's okay to beat up a small child. No, I'm I'm not. So I might be inconsistent. I grant you that. But I for some and, and this could be one of those times where my conscience has grown dull that maybe just because, you know, for it, it becomes too frustrating, it becomes too annoying, and that has overridden a strict adherence to all rules and regulations. That is very possible. Jimmy got another question for you though. Okay. When you sometimes go to internet sites, and they say, you must accept these terms. Do you always read the terms? No, I do not. Are you lying? Uh, probably so. See, I, again, I could be wrong in this instance, but I don't think that you are because it's like, okay, we all know what that stuff says. And it, it basically, it's legal ease sort of stuff. Now, do I think you should read stuff when you're buying a house, when, it, when there's a deal that is being done, business? To, yeah, absolutely I do, especially if it says I've read everything here. But I, I 
I, I, I just, okay, let me, let me try a Bible verse. Okay. Okay. That laws, man was not made for the law, but the laws were made for man. Okay. And we see, for instance, the disciples who were hungry, they were breaking a Jewish law. In other words, not a biblical law, but a rabbinical law. And they were, they were gleaning the, the wheat. They were getting rid of the chaff so that they could eat. And this was being done on the Sabbath. The rabbis deemed that to be work. So they said, they're sinning. What's up with that, Jesus? And he said, don't you remember David when he was on the lamb and he and the boys were hungry? So what did they do? They ate the temple bread. That was a sin. That you, only the priests were to consume those things. So David apparently sinned, but Jesus said, but he, he wasn't because there's a spirit sometimes and there's a letter of the law and that there can be a little bit of wiggle room on something because of circumstances. Okay, so Jimmy, what would you think, for instance, of the individual who was starving and they, they swiped something from the store to live or they left a note and said, I'm going to pay back, or they, they were intending to come back because if they didn't eat the candy bar, they were going to die. Should they have done that? Uh, that's tough, man. See, it is. It, it, okay. That is another one. And it, that has some other nuances to it. But my case might be built, and this is not, this is not explicit, it's implicit. Jesus' encounter with the Pharisees that there are times when you, you because it was a life or death situation for David and the boys. So they ate the temple bread and Jesus gave them a pass because there's a letter and there's a spirit. So if I persuaded you to speed and not come to a full and complete stop yet? <laughs> well, I mean, I, that, that's, the, that's the thing here is, is I, I believe what I believe. I'm following the law. I do too. But I, I don't do it. So I guess I'm a hypocrite. No. Let, okay. Let's talk tax laws. I don't. I, and I realize that there can be, you know, some, there's a little bit of wiggle room in interpretation. I understand that. But I think we should follow strict adherence to tax codes and tax laws mm. because we're commanded to pay your tax, render unto Caesar that which is Caesar, even when it's exorbitant, even when it's unfair, even when the guy is cruel. And we, we pay our taxes and we don't look for ways to get out of it. Where it's like, well, we can fudge just a little bit here because David got a pass on the temple, Brett. No. I think there's moral laws that we would certainly adhere to. I think there's even annoying laws that we adhere to because we're just told to do it. And by the way, if that annoys you, it would really disturb you if Jesus said, if a soldier constricts you, commands you to carry his backpack for a mile, go two miles. In other words, we're to be super citizens. I still don't think you always have to do 70 on Highway 85. <laughs> Let's get to t You got anything else? No, I don't. Would you please call and leave your comments on this? We deal with this every day, don't we? And there are some times when I'm like, hey, obey the law. Usually when you're driving through my neighborhood, I have a <laughs> reflex that is just instant. Slow down. I don't even care if it's a neighbor. one 282 beep if you want to leave yourself a church sign. Hello, my husband and I are driving around a gas station snack and looking for church signs. And here is a church sign. Skeptics, welcome. Skeptics, welcome. Okay, yeah. that's fine by me. 
people are welcome to come. The only issue that I have is that when we, we use the church as our evangelism arm, come to church is not evangelism. Come to church is inviting somebody to church. Evangelism is sharing your faith. So if in their way they're saying to the skeptic or the unbeliever, come to this church, we'll answer your questions. Sounds groovy to me. Church time. Someday everything will make perfect sense. That's true too. It will, but I would I would simply add this, and this isn't a criticism of that church sign, because how much can you accomplish with a few letters? But we can actually increasingly make sense of stuff now. And I would say that that is a message that could be very powerful. The world is confused. Make no mistake about it. As you see a liberal agenda being forwarded, people are not going to be happier from it. And we're seeing that, aren't we? That people are more depressed, they're anxious, they're lonely. They're following a godless worldview. They are reaping what they are sowing. And we can say to people, we can help you make sense of all of this. The Bible can help you understand reality, why these things are happening and how now you are supposed to live. So someday everything will make sense. Sounds good to me. Good time. We are too blessed to be depressed. <laughs> That was an actual couple, both of them on the phone. Do I do I need to express anything more than their guttural sound? I don't <laughs> no. think so. Turning from truth hardens the heart. Turning from truth hardens the heart. It does, doesn't it? And it does that for the Christian. For instance, you used to stop perfectly all the time and Okay, let me retract that one. The point is, when you kind of, well, you know, I should, but I'm not going to. Uh-oh. That tends to be an overriding of the conscience issue, which means uh, you could be in really big danger, Will Robinson. Church sign. Church sign. Walmart. Walmart is not the only thing. Saving place. <laughs> okay, how's about this? Instead, see. <laughs> A reference like you know Walmart. Why don't you why don't you say what salvation is? I got to tell you, driving to Chattanooga. Oh man, uh, I think it's like I haven't called the number, so no no guarantee. Eighty four truth or something like that. They were putting up signs like you know Jesus saves, Jesus still saves. Repent and believe in Jesus. If we're going to talk about salvation, let's explain salvation. And until tomorrow, don't speed and go serve your king. <laughs> <laughs>